In 2019, 1,500 UK citizens were polled in a survey commissioned by ExclusivePrivateVillas.com. It found that one-fifth of couples who attempted to go on holiday together prior to seven months ended up breaking up. What's more surprising is that of those people, 8% said they broke up before the trip was even over. So what is the best length of time to be together before traveling as a team? A survey conducted by Visit Anaheim found that 10 months is the perfect time to consider that romantic getaway. Can't wait that long? Before you make the jump and book that trip, here are four things to consider before traveling with your partner. Kayla on the Road, the podcast is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite travel stories, even the not-so-perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hey, and welcome to episode 25 of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and I'm so excited that you have joined me today. If you've listened before, you know that my partner, Andrew, and I have been traveling together for years now. So when was our first trip? Believe it or not, our first trip was only a couple short weeks after we got together as a couple. To top it off, it was actually across Canada to visit my family for my brother's wedding talk about pressure. But at the same time, it was kind of an easy trip to do because we knew there wasn't much money involved and we knew we had a place to stay and food and all that kind of stuff. So this is really for trips that are a little bit more involved, let's say. (laughs) Regardless, obviously it worked out. Here we are five years later, still planning trips together and still enjoying them. So something worked well. Before we go any further today, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that I always like to start each show by sharing a drink with you, my listener. So if you don't have something with you and you want to go grab one, I'll wait here. Uh, And if you have one already, that's awesome. Let's have a drink. Uh, Today, I'm drinking hot sugar from Bagtown Brewing Company in Sackville, New Brunswick. This is what you would call a winter warmer, according to Untapped. And there's actually no information on the can. So I had to look it up online. Uh, To be honest, I just kind of bought it because I really liked the name Hot Sugar. Uh, It's got an ABV of 8.6% and an IBU of 20%. So let's see how it is. Cheers, everyone. It's dark, but light. That's really nice. Very, very molasses-y with some like caramel and stuff. So that's nice. As I said earlier, Andrew and I just kind of jumped right into travel, but we are kind of the exception to the rule. Although we had only been dating for a few weeks, we had actually been best friends for years and knew a lot of things about each other that people starting a new relationship probably don't know about their partner. So we had a bit of an advantage here. If that's the same for you, if you know your traveler, if you've been best friends for a while and you understand the way that they work and how they communicate and things like that, you're going to have a much easier time getting on the road faster than someone you just met on Tinder last week. So you're probably asking, what are the things you need to consider before traveling together, Kayla? Great question. Let's get started. (laughs) The first thing that I always consider and I always talk about with my partner before traveling is the destination. Where are you going and why are you going there? It's really important to talk with your partner about what it is that you want to get out of a vacation. Are you the kind of person that wants to lay on a beach all day? Are you the kind of person that wants to go to museums? Do you want to be active? These are all really important things and they play a huge role in the destination that you're going to. 
if you're a couple that really likes scuba diving, it's probably not the best idea to go to the mountains for a ski weekend as your first vacation, especially if neither of you are skiers to begin with. Some of the things that I think are really important for you to discuss with your partner are what things you plan on doing, what you want to do, and what you want to get out of this vacation. Do you want to become closer and spend a lot of time together? Do you want to see sights? Do you want to just relax? These all play a huge part in your destination. Now, you may know right off the bat where it is that you want to go with your partner. You may have talked about your dream trip to Italy on several occasions, and so the moment that you bring up a vacation, that's where you know you're going. But if you don't have a really good idea of where you want to go and you kind of have a couple different options floating around in your head, one of the best ideas is for both of you to make a list of your top travel destinations. Now, this is something that I encourage you to do on your own so that neither one of you is influenced by the other when it comes to putting things on the list. If it goes on your list, it has to be something that you're really interested in doing and not just something that you think your partner would enjoy doing. On top of making a list of your favorite destinations, I think it's really beneficial to make a list of things like your ideal climate and your favorite leisure activities. That way, you can work those into figuring out where it is you want to go. Then all you have to do is sit down with your partner and compare your lists. If there's something on the list that sticks out to you as being the exact same, say you both wrote Mexico on your list, then Mexico is probably a really good idea for a place to go first. If the locations on your list are a little different, then maybe you should move on to your ideal climate and your ideal leisure activities. If you're a traveler and your partner hasn't been traveling and they really want to go to somewhere that you've been, I truly recommend not doing the exact same trip, which means don't go to the same locations, don't stay at the same hotel, even if you had a fabulous time there the first time. Traveling with your partner is a great opportunity to make new memories, have new experiences. And if you're constantly comparing what your last trip was to that destination with your current trip, you might make yourself feel bad, but you'll also make your partner feel bad that they're not living up to what you wanted and what you experienced there the first time. This is really, really important if you happen to travel to that destination with an ex-partner as well. So why is it really important to communicate about the destination before you actually start to travel? One of the things that I like to point out is that if you are choosing a destination only for your partner's sake, you may end up presenting them. And I know that sucks, but at the beginning of a new relationship, you really have to think about who you are and what you bring to the table. If you're only focusing on your partner, your partner is never going to get to know you. And if this trip doesn't go well, or if something does end up splitting the two of you up, you may look back at this as a money dump, something that you wasted money on. If it's something that you're also interested in, then you won't see it so much as you having wasted money, but you having seen something in the world that you really wanted to see anyways. Again, I think it's really important to make those lists separately because you don't want anyone influencing the other when it comes to picking a destination. I truly think that you're going to be happier comparing lists and coming up with a destination together than one person saying, hey, let's go to Cuba, while the other person says, okay, I guess, because you came up with that idea. It's just not a great way to start out your traveling relationship with this partner. The next thing on my list for things that's really important to talk about before you start traveling with your partner is the price. That's right, the budget. The number one thing to remember is that when you're building your price range and your budget and deciding on where you're going to go, you should always keep the person with the lower budget in mind and plan around 
that budget instead of the higher end. This will definitely help when it comes to paying off the trip, paying for things on the trip, and making sure that there's no resentment either around someone ending up in debt because of it afterwards or someone paying for the entire trip because their partner couldn't afford it. In our case, it has always been me that has the lower budget. There's no shame in that. When I started dating Andrew, I was fresh out of school. I didn't have a full-time job yet. And Andrew had been working for almost a year. So yeah, his budget was going to be higher than mine. But I did have a part-time job. I was making a little bit of money here and there. And I did have money that I could put away every few months. Andrew was really great about coming down to my level for the budget and being open and honest and communicating about that with me, about how he felt about his money, how he felt about my money, and if we thought it was reasonable for us to spend this money on a trip before we went. So what we do when we're planning is we establish how much money we want to spend per day. Usually, depending on the country, that's anywhere from $30 to $50 per person. One of the best things about traveling with a partner is that your hotel and your lodging and things like that is going to cost less than if you were traveling alone because you don't have to worry about that double occupancy thing. You can split the cost of a hotel room with your partner, save a little bit of cash, have the better accommodations, and be happier in the long run. So what we do is we like to figure out our daily budget and make that into a weekly budget. And instead of saying, okay, I have this much money to spend every day, we say this is how much money we have for the entire trip. And if we spend less today on a hostel, then in three days, we can go and stay at a luxury hotel. So it's really a way of taking your budget, splitting it up a little bit more and balancing it instead of spending it all in the same way every single day. So if you're having trouble trying to figure out what your budget should be, what I recommend doing is figuring out the cost of living for wherever it is that you're going. Figure out how much a meal costs, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Usually they're a little bit different. And find out how much the average hostel or hotel costs. That way you can kind of build your budget around there. This may also end up influencing where you want to go as your destination because if you have a tighter budget, you're going to want to go to somewhere where your money can go a little bit farther. Once you've figured out how much those meals are going to cost, how much your extra beer is going to cost, how much a bus pass may cost, subtract that from your final budget and figure out how much is left for accommodations. This is made extremely easy for you if you decide that on your first trip abroad, you're going to do an all-inclusive. That means that your food, your drinks, your hotel room are all covered. So the only thing you really have to budget for when it comes to that travel is your tips, and any activities that you want to do outside of the hotel or outside of the resort. Our second trip together was actually at an all-inclusive resort in Mexico for a friend's wedding. This was really convenient for us because we were able to know in advance where we were going, save up the money, and when we got there, we didn't have any expenses. Everything was already paid for, and we didn't have to worry about um, saving money on breakfast so that we could have a better dinner or anything like that. It was also a really low stress first vacation where we could wander around and do our own things in a safe environment, which was really good for us because we were just learning what the other person liked when it came to spending time in a hot location. So why is this so important when it comes to traveling with your partner? One of the big things is that at the beginning of a new relationship, chances are you each are responsible for your own money. You don't have joint finances yet. Once you get farther into the relationship, you probably are more likely to join your bank accounts and things like that. But if you are in a new relationship, I do encourage you to keep your money separate 
at least until you get to your destination. So when you're planning in advance, make sure that you're looking at your money and your budget and you're working around what you can do. Even if you are the person with the lower budget and your partner offers to spend a little bit more money so that you can stay in better places, I would strongly avoid this, especially on your first trip. The last thing you want is to be put in a situation where you feel like you need to say yes to everything that your partner is saying because they are the one who is paying, who is carrying the money, who is funding this whole trip. Similarly, if you are the person with the lower budget and you decide to put in the money to get to the higher budget, if things go south and you don't end up with this person, you don't want to feel like you are in tons and tons of debt because of this travel that you decided to take because you thought that you should put more money into it to match their contribution. Keeping that lower budget means in the end, no one will owe anyone anything. Bringing your own money to the table does bring about an independence. And with that money, you have a voice in what you do and where you go instead of feeling like you are under someone else's control. Number three on my list of important things to talk about before you start traveling is your timeline, both at home and when you're on the road. One of the first things that you'll think about when you start planning your trip is when do you want to go? How long do you want to go for? This is really important because with two people involved, there are two different bosses you have to talk to about getting time off. So it's really important to plan a vacation with your partner a little farther in advance than you would a solo travel. This is something that Andrew and I don't really have to worry about since I work for myself and I can go at the drop of a hat. I'm really just working around Andrew's schedule and his busy seasons. So that makes it a lot easier for us. But if you are two people who both have jobs, it's definitely very, very important to make sure that you are both on the same page as far as how long you're going for and when you're going and making sure that it fits within the restraints of how much time you are allowed to take off. One of the advantages to planning really far in advance is that you can also use that time to save up the money, meaning that your budget at the end of the day could end up being higher than you would have originally thought because you have a little bit more time to plan and stash that money away to get yourself up to that higher price point. Something that is really important to remember though when you are stashing that money away is to be realistic. How much money do you actually think you can put away every month for that trip? It is so easy to look at your bank account and see that you have money and take it out or spend it. I would definitely recommend opening up either a trip savings account or withdrawing the money and keeping it somewhere safe so that you don't feel like spending it. That's something that I decided to do really early on is to create a savings account where I can put any spare cash I have. Anytime I get a GST check that I wasn't expecting or I get an extra client in a month, I funnel that money right into my trip savings and I don't touch it. I don't see it when I go to a bank machine or an ATM and it doesn't look like I have it. And so I kind of forget about it, which is really great. Another important thing when it comes to your timeline is figuring out what it is that you want to do while you're away. Again, I encourage you to make separate lists so that no one is influencing the other one and you can make sure that when you come together to compare your lists, things from both lists are being included. But if there are things that you know you both really want to do, you can automatically put those on the list. Anytime you're planning on things to do, compromise is really, really important. You do not have to agree with every single thing that is on your partner's list. But if they're making an effort to go to that cooking class with you that you really wanted to go to, maybe you should try going to the gym with them one morning. I'm not saying you have to do it every day, but this is a really important part about traveling and getting to know your partner. And you're going to see them in a completely different way. Something that Andrew and I really like to do while we're away is do surprise days for each other. Usually it has to do with whatever our personal interests are. 
And we surprise the other person by not telling them anything that we're planning for that day. For example, when we were in Thailand, we went to Chiang Mai. And one of the things that we both really wanted to do was a temple tour. And so Andrew decided he wanted to take complete control of that. He got the map. He decided which places we were going when. He drew out the route. He figured out what restaurants we should stop in. And it was really exciting to not know what was going on. One of the best things about travel is the unknown. And as someone who likes to plan a lot, sometimes that adventure and that unknown is kind of taken away by all of the planning. And so to have a partner who can surprise you and give you that experience on those days where they want to take over or take control is so fun. It's also really important to think about time alone. If you're going to need time alone, if you're going to want time alone, if your partner is going to want time alone, spending time with someone on vacation is a lot different than spending time with them at home, especially if you're only in the dating phase. You're probably not used to spending 24 hours with them. You're probably not used to seeing them for multiple days in a row. And that can be really overwhelming for someone who maybe needs their space. So definitely budget that into your time. When we went to Mexico, we did this a lot. I love sitting out on a beach chair and reading a book, whereas Andrew felt it really important to go to the gym every morning. So every day we would wake up and we would do breakfast together and then we would kind of split up for an hour or two and then meet back up around lunch hour to have a little bit more food and then continue the day together. This was really important to us because it meant that neither of us was feeling pressured to participate in the activity that the other one was doing. And therefore, we didn't have any resentment at the end of the day thinking, oh, I wish I could have read more books or, oh, I wish I could have worked out more. So why is this important to think about before you start traveling? Knowing how long you have before your trip and knowing exactly what you're going to do while on your trip is a really, really great way to figure out what your budget is going to be. This may actually be something you want to look at before you even establish a budget. I think there are so many different ways that you can plan a trip and there's no right or wrong way as far as the order goes, but they all kind of influence each other. So don't skip one because you may be missing another part from another one if you do. It's also really important to remember that you do not have to set everything in stone, but if there are things that are non-negotiable for you, like when you go to Paris, you need to see the Eiffel Tower, then write that on your bucket list and make sure that you are planning that one in at least. If something else is like, museums. I want to see museums. Then you can definitely play that by ear once you get there, see which ones are free, see which ones are close to you, especially if there's not something that you're really itching to see. Basically what it comes down to is prioritizing your non-negotiables. Speaking of non-negotiables, that kind of brings me to my next point. And the fourth thing that you should really, really pay attention to with your partner before traveling with them is expectations. I know that this can be a really hard conversation to have with someone at the beginning of a relationship when you don't want to step on toes, when you don't want to seem too pushy, when you don't want your partner to get annoyed at how needy you are. I say that in quotation marks because it's not being needy at all. Especially if you don't live together, it's important to discuss what a normal day will look like for you or what you want it to look like. And this may change once you get on vacation because you may have a different schedule. Here at home, I am not a morning person. I like to sleep in and I like to work later into the evenings. Whereas Andrew is a morning person. He gets up bright and early. He gets the day started with a workout, breakfast and some coffee. And then I finally get up. But when we're on vacation, it's completely different. And this took me a while to understand. It wasn't until this year that I realized the reason why I'm such an early riser when I go on vacation is because I am required to get out of my pajamas in order to get food into my system. And food is always the first thing I need when I wake up. So here in Canada, when I wake up, I can literally stay in my pajamas all day long, especially working from home, which means that things like work 
can start a little later because I don't need to put on clothes and feel productive. If I'm on vacation, I need to put on clothes to go to get food, which means the day is going to start a lot earlier and I'm not going to be stuck and lazy and relaxing. I'm going to be in go, go, go. I'm dressed. Let's do this mode. Something that I like to do both before and after is check in with my partner about how they're feeling about pretty much everything. Even if you're not someone who normally talks about this kind of stuff, it is so important when you're traveling together to really check in and see how they're feeling about what you've been doing, whether it's as small as how did you like that food or bigger as in how does your body feel today. I am a klutz. And if you've listened before, you know that. I roll my ankle so often, it's not even funny. And I often do not prep my shoes for long days of walking and get blisters. And if I didn't tell Andrew on those days when I hurt myself and when I got those blisters that I was feeling uncomfortable, I would push myself so far that I would end up resenting him. Again, I feel like half of this stuff comes down to don't make it easy for your partner to resent you because of this trip. If you're not used to communicating with your partner about how you're feeling, maybe start easy. Start with your highs and lows. So when you're in your hotel at the end of the day, share your favorite moment from the day and your least favorite moment from the day. This will kind of give your partner an idea of what are the things that you're enjoying and what are the things that you may avoid on future days. Again, it's so important to make sure that you are making the most of this trip because yes, you are going on this trip with this partner, but in the end, after everything is said and done, you are the one that is paying for this trip. So you don't want to get home and realize that you did everything for your partner and nothing for yourself. Make sure that you are making memories that you enjoy as well. Now, why is this important? It's really important to express your expectations before you even get on the road so that no one feels bulldozed once you are in that fast-paced, quick-moving, unfamiliar environment. Being open and honest will help to eliminate resentment down the road, and that is clearly the number one takeaway from the day today. So again, just to recap, the four things that are really, really important to discuss with your partner before you even get on the road are your destination, your budget, your timeline, and your expectations. I think around that, there are so many other things that you can talk about and so many things that you can look at. Those are really the four key pillars that will help you create an open dialogue around your travel with your partner. I think that these four pillars are super important for first-time travelers, but at the same time, I am still using them five years down the road with the same travel partner. They are still things that we communicate about, that we talk about, that we look at, and that we find at the core of our planning. Obviously, some things have changed, like the fact that we now share finances. So our budget is a little bit more comprehensive than it used to be. And we have been to similar destinations. So our bucket lists kind of look the same now. But at this point, our communication and our openness is has really been established through those other trips. And we really understand how and when to check in with each other when we're on the road. So that's it. We are done. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, why not share this podcast with a friend? And if you're not the sharing type, then I would really appreciate it if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to come and say hello on Facebook or Instagram at Kayla on the Road. Let me know what you're up to, what kind of travel you have planned. And until next time, happy planning. I cannot wait to see you on the road soon.